Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins and welcome to Life, Death and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium. And here we explore life, death, consciousness and what it all means. Today, I have Joe McQuillan on the show. Joe is a Mary is married and a father of three children, one on the other side, and is the youngest of 10 from an Irish Catholic family. Although he's had two successful careers, he is at heart a blue collar kid from Buffalo, New York. Starting as a salesman, he spent 25 years in the automobile business, eventually becoming an executive manager and partner in a number of successful Chicago dealerships. Most recently, Joe has come out with his second book, We're Not Done Yet, Pop, My Lessons from the Other Side, following his first book, My Search for Christopher on the Other Side, After the Loss of His Son. Welcome, Chris. I mean, Joe, not Chris. That was well, that was interesting. That was a very Amy. interesting slip. Yes. You know, Chris, Chris is here, Amy. I can, I can tell you, I... I, when he's around, I can feel him on the back of my neck. So, uh, so you weren't wrong. That uh, okay. that was that was interesting. That's never yeah. happened to me before. So, well, wow. maybe it was supposed to happen. You wow, know, I, believe, I believe it was. So, thank you. Hi, everybody. I just wanted to thank those of you who are supporting the show via Patreon. I literally could not do this without you. It means so much to me to have any sort of support for the show, but really the financial support is super helpful to me right now. I'm an independent podcaster. This is all being funded by me. So anything you can do to help that, if you love listening to the show, if you love the content I'm creating, if you love the guests that I'm having on, please support the show. I have amazing, amazing guests continuing to come on the show. I'm so excited. I've grown the month, the most month over month in the past three months. And that is because of all of you sharing the podcast, telling people about it. So thank you so much. Uh, we had our second quarterly Ask Amy Anything in March. So that was for Patreon subscribers and supporters only. And the topics were really heavy this time, but wonderful and necessary to talk about. And we talked about everything that's going on, the on in the world, both from a spiritual and psychological perspective. And together, we tried to make meaning of all of this. So our next Ask Amy Anything will be in June. So if you are not a member of Patreon yet, if you are not a supporter of the show, you can go to patreon.com backslash Dr. Amy Robbins and support me and the show. And again, it helps so, so much. Um, and if you could also take just a minute to share the show with your friends and family and anybody you think would love it, you can do that anywhere you get your podcast. Just click on share this link or copy this link. Uh, and send it to, I don't know, three, four, five, ten 10 people who you think would love the show. Uh, anything, anything helps me grow. So you can also follow me on Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. You can watch me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And you can sign up for my newsletter on my website. Again, all of these things are great ways to help. You can also rate and review the podcast, which is um, easy an expensive way to help me. Actually, it's completely free. So anything you can do to support the show, I am so, so grateful. The growth I know is going to help me in some way. I'm not exactly sure how yet, but I know it will. And uh, thank you all for listening. And here's this week's episode. 
So, so let's get started, both of you. I'm going to address both of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, because, wow, like I, I read this book. I was just finishing it last night. We're not done yet, Pop. My lessons from the other side. It's, it's so, as a parent of three myself, it is so, um, it's painful to read sure. this, right? Because you can't help but identify with it. Right. So, so tell us what happened to Christopher um, and what your journey has been. Cause he's like, he's very, very present. And we're going to talk about a lot of the kind of ways that he wrote this book with you and the right. messages that were very, very profound that came through in this. You know what? Thanks. And, and I'm, I'm already know that this is going to be one of my favorite interviews. Oh, you know? and, I, and I could just feel the connection. And, um, you know, any, I, I'll start out by telling you anybody that said, anybody that says time heals all wounds hasn't lost a child. You know, it just, it never goes away. We accumulate and everybody who's a parent can identify with that. Oh. We accumulate tools through our grief that help us cope. I live a life beyond my wildest dreams. It's fulfilled. I, I, I enjoy my life. But I go through life with a piece of my heart broken that'll never be healed until I'm together with my son, until I'm together with Chris. So, you know, flashback uh, uh, Christmas of, of, uh, of 2015 and in January of 2016, Christopher was 21 years old. He was at Northern University. He was studying to be, uh, he wanted to work in special ed. He's a mm. wonderful, wonderful, loving crazy, you know, wild haired Irishman, you know, uh, um, you know, unfortunately caused, had, had a lot of similarities to, to me, but had a lot of his softness and, and beauty from his mom. And, uh, and so he's home from school with, a, and, a, and it was the last weekend before they were all going back to college. And uh, they decided to get together at a friend's lake house, coming home the next day to watch football together. You know, I was uh, waiting to hear from him and I was texting him and I, and I said, hey, buddy, where are you? And I get a text back that said, Mr. McHugh, Chris and three friends are missing. You know, and this was around 11 o'clock in the morning. So I uh, jumped in the car, threw my dog in the, my Labrador in the, in the back of the Jeep and put on some snow boots and headed up. And halfway up, I got a phone call that said it's no longer a, uh, a search, but a recovery. All, all four boys had drowned. Four boys jumped in a three-man canoe with layered clothing and Timberland boots unlaced and half-frozen lake and a snoot full of alcohol and, and paddled out. None of them made it back. You know, uh, you know, so halfway up, I got that call. You know, you mm -hmm. just go dark. Um, you, know, you know, you don't have the choice of saying, I don't want to deal with this, right? I mean, you have to deal with it. I had to go up and identify his body. I had to make arrangements to have his body shipped back, you know. So uh, halfway up, I'm thinking, I had seen a medium. This was kind of uh, about 15 years before. And the entire reading was a bit mundane and a tad disappointing until I got to the end of the reading and she said, your dad's here, he's holding a caboose and telling you railroad. Now, why that was significant is my dad spent 40 years on the railroad, raised 10 kids on the railroad, all five boys, worked on the railroad when we were kids after school or during school. So all of a sudden it was like, okay, you got my attention. My dad is somewhere where it's accessible. And that was it. I didn't get any other messages. I didn't get any instructions on life. I didn't get any uh, you know, lottery numbers, you know, but you know, 15 years later when I'm driving up to Lake Beulah, I thought, heck, 
if my, and I didn't say heck, you know, but I did for the <laughs> podcast. If my old man is somewhere, Chris is with him. I'm going to try to figure out this metaphysical thing. And if it's not real, then let's cross it off the list, right? Mm, let's move mm-hmm. on. I got up there and, and I can look out and see that uh, picture window as I walked in that overlooked the lake with uh, the, the, the rescue boats and the flashing lights and the divers all looking for my, my boy and, and his three friends. And, uh, and any parent who's been through this, you know, nobody's prepared for this. So of course you don't have a gravesite, you don't have a tombstone, you know, you don't have a, a church, you don't have anything that you're going to need in the next coming week. So, you know, the phone calls to his mom, which was just heartbreaking, of course. And I mean, just like you describing it, I, I feel like I could throw up. Like it's yeah. that, well, you know, visceral. Six years later, I'm crying. Yeah, know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's I'm with you. Like it is, yeah. it is like the most gut-wrenching thing to, to imagine. And they wouldn't, and in Wisconsin, you can't identify the body. I wanted to see my boy, but they won't let you look at pictures. But it was him. He had a minor league ball jacket of mine from Buffalo, Celtic Cross. You know, it was it was my boy. You know, he had a St. Christopher's medal that I keep in my car. You know, it was him. And uh, the first few days, I would do all these details from the churches to the readings, to the reception, to the buying grave sites to we're doing all this. And at the end of the night, I'm exhausted. I, you know, and, it, and you don't want to talk, you know? And so I get on my knees and I, I'm 36 years sober now. And so I would thank God for my sobriety. I'd thank God for my family, but I'd say to God, my, my good night prayer, we're not good. You and me, you took mm-hmm. my kid, you know, and the third night I got in bed and I actually got a, a message back, which I thought was pretty nice. You know, that said, I didn't take your son. His, his free will and recklessness caused him to come home early, but I welcomed him. And remember, I lost mm. his son too, you know? So, Oh my God, wait, how did you, I have the chills? It, how did you get like, so you were in prayer. I was, I was done with prayer, jumped in bed to, to fall asleep watching, you know, law and order or whatever, something, you know, some <laughs> white noise on it. And, and I just got a download mm. kind of the same way I get a download from Chris when I'm, when I'm, when I'm doing the, spirit writing, you know, mm-hmm. it, and it's, it's, it's clear. It's not my thoughts. It's not my memories. It's not my voice. Um, and it was at that point, Amy, that I knew that God didn't move us around like chess pieces, that I wasn't paying for past sins by him yanking my mm-hmm. son out of my life. Mm-hmm. I knew that God was holding me, was keeping me up to get my job done as a father to take care of all these situations that I knew that God was going to get me through this. You know, he wasn't, the, you know, that he wasn't judging. He was holding, you know, We're, you know, we may, and I believe we do maybe have exit points and soul contracts, but we have free will, you know, mm-hmm. we're not wound up like little tin soldiers to march into the fray. You know, there is a key to something, you know, if my dad, Iron Joe is somewhere. Chris has got to be there. How do I figure that out? I started reading books, Bob Olson. I started seeing mediums. I started, you know, right afterwards, I, I met a medium and, and Nancy Myers. And she told me things that I wouldn't know until I got the coroner's report about what happened that night. And so now I'm, 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 I'm in. I believe this, right? 
but I'll tell you. And then we, there was a wonderful medium called Thomas Jan who came to sure. film at theater. I know Thomas. And he kept looking over and he said, there's this family of spirits that just keep adding on. And he said, frankly, they kind of scare me. And my wife elbowed me. She goes, you know, it's your family. Mm. And he said, okay, we need to identify this. He said, who's got an older brother on the other side? His name is Jerry, but it's not Gerald. And there's Billy, Bobby, Pat, uh, and a son spirit named Chris. I mean, it was like, wow, like he named them. And I said, yeah, Jerry, my brother Jerry's name was Jeremiah, you know, Jerry. Mm. So it might have been, it was like a Friday night. It was just incredible. Yeah, he's a very talented, very, I've very seen talented him one-on-one, -on -one and he uh, just wowed me. I mm -hmm. mean, just, so, so here I am, um, you know, <clears throat> looking at all of these, uh, you know, seeing as many other uh, uh, mediums as I could. Uh, Rebecca Rosen, we saw in a group out of 150 people, she came to us. Thomas John with 100 people came to us you know, identified our boy. Rebecca's amazing as well. She's I saw amazing. her years ago at Wilmette Theater. That was my, yeah. that was my trying to show my husband that this was, this was not made up. My experiences yeah, were is, real. They're real. Yeah. Right. Look at, she's doing it. She's famous, you know, right. um, you know, and, and the experiences were undeniable. I, I tell you six months in, I read a book by Bob Olson and he wrote a book about the other side. He's an investigator, not a psychic investor. He's a, PI in California, writes this amazing book and identified it because it was kind of a guy's guy viewpoint, which isn't very common in, in this world. You know, you guys are allowed, society says it's okay for you to grieve. You know, fathers somehow think that they're supposed to suck it up and tough mm -hmm. through it. And it's BS, right? We're all supposed to grieve. I, 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 I go on a website looking for mediums local in the Chicago area. So a couple of days later, uh, I'm getting ready to go there to visit him. And it was June 30th, 2016. So six months after Christopher transitioned over. And, and this is the moment I went from believing to knowing. And so I had ordered shamrock seeds from Amazon so that I could plant them around his grave. And then I did another thing is I took this, you know, just a leather bracelet that Christopher had given me when he was about six, when we were in Disney World. And it was in my dresser. And I completely forgot about it, excuse me, and saw it and just put it on, on a whim, under my cuff, you know, like that, right? Mm -hmm. And went out to see it. I stopped at the grave and planted shamrock seeds in the, around the newly dug grave and, and told him I loved them and, and, and headed off to see Andrew and told him I'm going out to see Andrew. And I get out to see Andrew and, and you know, he wanted to see a picture of Chris and, you know, Chris was in a Hawaiian shirt or you know, having fun. He said, you know, Christopher had some dark times too. I said, I know we did. Struggled with addiction, had some depression, you know, would love to self-medicate with parties and, you know, keggers and, you know, and I, I certainly knew that MO, you know, and she said, you know, uh, and Andrew said, uh, you know, boy, he's coming through and he loved you and he looks like Brad Pitt, which is Andrew Anders or Thomas John said the same thing. I said, yeah, he's, he's a pretty boy. I, he said, so Chris acknowledges that your family celebrated something yesterday, an anniversary. What was that? Now, Andrew didn't know my last name, mm. much less that I'd been married. So say it was the night before June 29th was Sally and my wedding anniversary. That's mine too. And Chris acknowledges that you're wearing a bracelet he gave you. And Chris is acknowledging that you planted something in his grave very recently. What was mm. that? This guy who only know me as Joe you know, knew 
that it was our anniversary, which was fine, but more importantly, that a, that a bracelet I had under my cuff was a, was a bracelet I was wearing from Chris and that I was that morning planting shamrock seeds. Um, so when did Chris start coming through to you directly? Because I think so, that this yep. is something, you know, you you go to mediums and that's that's right. great, but most mediums won't see people, you know, more than once a year, right? They don't want yeah. you to become like addicted to addicted just, to it. Um, so I guess you could medium hop, but not the most advisable because you still have to grieve. But how yeah. I hear this so often from people who have lost loved ones, like how do I connect? How do I okay. get through to them? How do I hear? And you hear his, I mean, he, there's, he, he wrote this, right? Like he's, Brilliant. he's writing this with you. Yes. Now I got to tell you, I'm sitting here burning, I, burning sage. I got a candle going. I got a picture of Chris. I had aligned my chakras before I talked to you. I got a crystal in my Chris, hand. Chris showed up. Cause yeah, I said, Do Chris, I look like Chris. a guy that would burn, that would align my chakras. And that's why it's kind of a special thing because I think, Chris tells me that I'm a good ambassador because who I am. So mm. first anniversary of his Because you don't crossing. look the part, right? I don't, you, and I don't, don't act look the part. part. I, right. I, you know, hung up my hockey skates two years ago. You know, I'm 65 years old. And yet I do all these things to connect, right? And, and mm. you know, Rumi said, my, one of my favorite quotes is Rumi, is that he said that goodbyes are for those who love with their eyes. For those who love with their heart and soul, there's no such thing as separation. Mm. Uh, fast forward one year from his anniversary or it's one year from his, his crossing, you know, January 3, 2017. And on the first anniversary, three o'clock in the morning, and it's always 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. I thought that's because when he crossed. Yeah, I was going to ask that. But it's the bewitching hour. Active spirits are very active between three and four. How they know central to eastern to day. Yeah, I don't know. But it, that's it interesting because I yeah. usually get when I get messages, it's usually yes. like around five in the morning. Yeah. That for yeah. me, like that kind of in-between time. That's an, and then that's it's I think a perfect term is an in-between time. And I think that's where the spirits move really freely. So I start getting and I'm at my and I'm in my desk, at my desk. There's a legal pad and a pen. It was on my desk. I picked up and I started getting downloads from Chris. And, um, and he said, it's like a beach, beautiful, pink and warm, but the colors are soft and vibrant, pink, blue, strong green. The air is warm surrounding us. It's air and love. It's love air. Nothing hurts. Warm and happy. Always young. Miss you, dad, but I'll see you soon enough. And it's like, wow, what, what, right? And then he said, now all of that kind of aligns with what I had assumed paradise, heaven, whatever you want to call it, right, looks like. And then he said, you got to let go of it, Dad. You got to let go of the resentment. I love Scotty. He loved me. We were pals. He was just being himself. You know, they were let to run free in this environment. And and I had to blame somebody. So I was mad at that. Mm -hmm. Right. And it makes no sense. It's not true. Makes perfect sense. It makes makes no sense. sense. Right. And I thought, sure, Chris, for you, I'll let go of anything. Okay, I'll let it go. Besides, when will I ever see Scotty again? Now, fast forward 12 hours. I get a text from his college buddies. said, Mr. McHugh, a few of us are going to meet at the grave today at 3.30. Can you meet us? Mm. 40 kids at his grave. And then one of the first kids I saw was Scotty. I was able to embrace him and say, hey, buddy, this wasn't your fault. This could have been at my house. Could have been at your house. Could have been anywhere. You know, please. 
And, and that's how I knew it wasn't me coming up with these messages because I wasn't ready to let go of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Irish. I needed, I needed a grudge, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he wouldn't let me, you know. So a lot of the messages that he comes through are about me improving me and me carrying a message. See, I get this special gift of connecting with Chris, but I also think there's a, there's, there's a deal connected that I got to give it away to keep it. If I hoard mm. this, if I hoard this like Midas' uh, treasure, I don't think I'm going to continue to get it. So Do I got to give it does your wife or your kids have this connection with him? Does he come through to them? Sally feels him all the time. Okay. And he, and he gives him messages for her. I believe that Chris and I, and it's one medium said it's our twin flames. You know, I, I think soulmates is a, is a hallmark term. Twin flames isn't. So I think we share a soul and I think we've been through a myriad of lifetimes together. You know, I'm given this as a responsibility, maybe, because of who I, what I look like, because of how I carry myself, mm-hmm. that the message for me will be able to penetrate that dad who lost his kid that just, you know, can't come around to what he needs to without a push from a guy who looks like me, maybe. And that's what Keith, Chris tells me. Mm-hmm. And he would tell me in the first book, you know, dad, you got to get this book going. You got to, I remember being with Thomas John and Thomas and he goes, you writing a book? I go, yeah. He goes, Chris said, let's get going. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting harassed by my kid to, to, to send these books out. So to this day, Amy, a couple nights ago, I had a visit from Chris, three o'clock in the morning here in Florida. I went out on the, out on the deck and the candles and the sage and got a wonderful download of, of the information. You know, and it's, it's a one way people say to me, can you ask him this? And I say, in this setting, it's, it's a one-way communication. Mm-hmm. I'm dictating what he's telling me. When I'm with a medium, I can ask a question. Gotcha. You know? Okay. But this is all downloads. It's like he's, so he's just me in. Yeah, he's just coming yeah. to you, sharing. So what, what are some of the, the most um, poignant uh, things he's shared with you okay. about the other side and about how to live and, and how to grieve, I guess? Because the thing to questions. me that is like, Every time I read it, like the thing that brought me to tears and is going to again <laughs> is, is this notion of like, I miss you. I miss you. Yeah. And, and he's actually said to me, Aim, he said to me, despite what mediums say, I do miss you. And, and what that means is they'll say, oh, he's in this wonderful spot. He's around you. So he doesn't really miss you. And he's contradicting them and saying, no, I, you know, he's, he said he misses his dog. He misses my. He misses his Jeep. <laughs> right, the human pieces of life. There are right? things he missed, but he'll also say, here's one of the best connections he gave me. I love this interview. This is great. Thank uh, you. One of the best connections he, he said, "Look, your side is good, Pop. It's it can be fun." He said, "Think of it like football camp." He said, "You know, you're with your buddies. You're working hard. You're getting beat up. People get injured." You get dehydrated. You, you have good food. You have good laughs. But it's a lot of work. He said, that's your life. You know, it's fulfilling, but it's hard. He said, my life is like a beach bungalow in Maui. Oh, sounds That's amazing. my life. Well, that's, <laughs> and that's what he tells me all the time. Don't have any fear. Because the minute you, and he said to me, think of it like a stream. You'll be walking through the woods and you'll come to a stream. 
And when you step over, I'll be there to greet you. I can't bring you across. Now there's rules that I don't know, right? But one of the rules is that you got to voluntarily make that step across, or at least when he's telling me that's how I will. And he said, but you won't be surprised. He said, because of the stuff you're learning. There'll be an, he said, I was shocked. Yours will be much less of a learning curve because of our conversations. So he promised me he was going to be there for my sister when she crossed. And she was a big source of love for both of us. Unconditional, strong, straight, wonderful. She came through to a medium friend and she goes, your sister Marsha's here. So Marsha, you know, is very strong spirit. Now this woman was a huge source of love. And she came to me and I said to me a couple nights before, we were in her, in her hospice room. And she said, honey, Joey, she called me Joey. She said, you gave me the greatest gift. I read your book and I'm not afraid to die. Mm. So after she crossed, he said to me, Dad, when, when she transitioned, we were all here. He said, but she had to go away somewhere like a spa. And then she came back to the family and she was younger than I even remember her when I was a kid. Now, it took me a little while to figure this out because <laughs> I might be charming, but I'm not all that bright. And, and <laughs> the, the bottom line is that her cancer stayed with her body on this side, but the trauma crossed with her. So she had to go somewhere. Now, what a yeah. wonderful term, like a spa. What I've woman heard doesn't that go before, to a spa? That, you, yeah. that oftentimes you have to go to like this golden, my, the woman I worked with for years who was helping me kind of with understand what was going on with me early on when I was embarrassed to talk about any of this, um, said it's like a goal. I forgot how she used to describe it. Um, but almost like this beautiful place where you go and you heal. Like you, it's almost like you learn, it's like a classroom of healing, basically could be emotional healing, physical, physical addiction, physical trauma, surgery, car crash, whatever. But I love it was such a loving term. Marsha loved to go to a spa, right? You know, mm-hmm. so, you know it's yeah. funny you said when you were ashamed or afraid to talk about it, the unassailable self-confidence that comes from a childhood insulated with love. Mm. So I was loved, still am by my family and supported and, and accepted. So it allowed me to not care, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. One of my first interviews on a radio station in Dallas, she said, what do you tell people that just don't buy in? I said, tell them to change the channel. Right. Yeah, that, right? that's that's actually ultimately clearly the point I got to because it yeah. was like, you know what? I'm not here to convince right. anybody. I'm here to present information and you can do with it whatever you want. Was it Mark Twain said it ain't what you don't know that gets you in trouble. It's what you know for certain that just ain't so. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great quote. Yeah. So let me ask, I want to I yeah. want to ask you one more question, and then I just have a speed round if you're sure. up for it. Oh, yeah. Um, so I want to kind of switch back to grieving because you've stayed yeah. married through oh, all of this. Right. And you, we talked a little bit before we kind of started officially recording. Oftentimes... A, lo- a, ch- a loss of a child destroys a marriage. 85%. How have you managed to stay married through all this? And how old were your other kids when this happened? Christopher so, was 21? Yeah, yeah, Christopher was 21. Caroline was 19. And William was 16. And, you know, it took a toll on my kids and my wife and myself. I mean, nobody gets out of here without taking a beating, 
right? And uh, so it was traumatic. And what kept Sally and I together, I think, I know, was the complete adoration of our boy. And if either one of us gave up, how disappointed he would be. He actually came through to Andrew Anderson in a in a group session. And I don't like group sessions all that much, but you know, I love Andrew. And so I went to a group session with him. And afterwards he said, you know, Chris is behind you. He's got your his hands on your head like this. He said, but he, but he wants me to give you a message when everybody's gone. So I hung around and came and he said, look, Chris is standing with his arms crossed. He said, you are not putting enough into the marriage and he's disappointed in you. I said, mm. holy cow. And I had basically been taking care of myself and, you know, and worried about that. And so that kicked me into gear a little bit. Yeah. But that we never stopped loving each other. And combined, we knew how much we loved our son. And, you know, it's kind of like people say, did you ever think about after 36 years drinking when your son died? Mm -hmm. And I said, then I would have a son died and I would have ruined my life. You know, mm -hmm. so I wasn't going to risk losing a son or apparently losing a son and losing a wife at the same time. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we and both yourself, it sounds and like myself, you would have lost. and we, we worked, we worked very hard. And, and the, the chances of us separating was zero. You know, mm -hmm. we were in this together and, and part of it was neither one of us wanted to ever disappoint our boy, you know? So, uh, you know, our, our, our marriage, I got to is more solid than it's ever been. You know, I, I love going to the grave. I'm not some sad old man feeding pigeons in the park. I go there usually with my Labrador and a cigar and a folding chair. And I sit at the grave and we connect. Mm. It's a thin place for me. Thin places are a very important part of the second book. It's a thin place for me. Now, <clears throat> given a choice, I would be abysmally ignorant of everything metaphysical and get to play around the golf with my son today in Florida. Mm -hmm. But that's a bell that can't be unrung. So it's like, right. what are you going to do with this? And that's, you know, and I still have a relationship. I'd much rather have the physical one. We still have this close spiritual metaphysical energy relationship that he tells me is going to go on until I cross. You know, mm -hmm. it's why mm -hmm. it keeps me writing. Why I talk to parents. I, I have a message, his message, that I need to get out to mom and dad. And it's Susan Giesman's message that mm -hmm. they're still right here. Right. And the ones you love are still right here. Mm. What a beautiful, I mean, you, I, I can see why you've been chosen for this because yeah. you're able to connect with people in a really genuine, authentic right. way. If I can get people to open their minds, you know, and open their hearts and then connect specifically with their kids, then I know that Chris and I've done my job. You know, I live my life two ways now. I live my life to please my God and to make my son proud. And if every decision I make is based on those two tenets, I can't go wrong. Mm -hmm. Well, let's do a quick speed round. Can we get a buzzer or something like in the game show? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. No, you can't go wrong. There's no okay. wrong. There's no okay. wrong answer. Okay. And then okay. I want to end with something that you wrote in the book, a beautiful okay. poem. And spirituality okay. means being connected with spirit. What is something most people don't know about you? That service is the most important part of my life at this stage. What is one thing you are really looking forward to right now? I'm going home to, to see my wife. I saw her you know, a couple of weeks ago for a week here, but, but going home, uh, 
seeing my dog who's on her last lap around the track. And Chris came through and told me, get ready. She's, she's getting ready to transition, but she'll be with him. And she loved more than me anyhow. What is one thing you're deeply grateful for right now? Oh, my connection with my son. And the fact that I never knew that it's all about love. Mm. You know, I'm not ready to go. I've got books to write. I've got people to talk to. I've got children to still be a father for, even though they're adult children. I'm a husband and, you know, an, an employee. And, and I've got a lot of work to do. But, if, but Amy, if God tapped me on the shoulder and said, time to go, I'm in. And then I get to spend the next lap around the track with my son, who I adore and miss. Mm-hmm. Wow. What book is on your nightstand right now? I'm actually I'm looking at my search for Christopher on the other side. <laughs> and I'm going to start rereading. I partially read Wayne Dyer's Spiritual Solutions oh. to Every Problem. And I'm going to reread it. What's your favorite spiritual or healing practice? Meditation. What is the most transformative experience in your life? Christopher Crossing is certainly the most transformative experience in my life. But him coming through January 3, 2017 is right up there. So I want to end with this poem Mm -hmm. um, that you shared in the book called On Children (laughs) by Khalil Gibran. Gibran. Your children are not your children. They are sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you. For life goes not backward, nor tarries with yesterday. You are the boughs from which your children as living arrows are sent forth, or the the bows, sorry. The Uh archer sees the make upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might and his arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness. For even as he loves the arrow that flies, he also loves the bow that is stable. What does that mean to you after your son passed? It meant that they, you know, they originated with source. You want to put a term on God, God, Yahweh, great spirit. And so our kids came from that. Our children came through us, you know, and we have influence over them. Poquito. We have a little bit of influence <laughs> and we can do our best. You know, when we were in, we were in Northwestern Hospital that I greeted and visited uh, uh, April 15th, 2000 or, or, or 1994, right? He's that same person. I didn't know then that that was connected to a soul. And that soul was connected to a spirit, you know, but now I do, you know, so helicopter moms lighten up. (laughs) Yeah. All I'm thinking is like, can I just, can I just lock them in the house? Can I just lock the doors on both sides and never let them out? (laughs) No, but you can hug the hell out of them and let them know they're loved. 
Well, Joe, if people are interested in your work, where can they find you? Where can they find your books? My search for Christopher on the other side. We're not done yet. Pop my lessons from the other side. Tell us, tell us. So, tell us so all of it. yeah, Amazon, uh, both books are on. Uh, uh, as for the first one right there. Both books are on Amazon. Um, I have a, a, a website that's joemcquillan.net. And there's a lot of interviews on it. Um, documentary with the brilliant British filmmaker, Kevin Moore, that's worth seeing and instructions, how to, uh, how to, how to connect, you know, how to do this on your own. Listen, I'm a regular guy on this amazing journey, right? So if I can do it, anybody can, and I encourage them to do it. Well, Joe, thank you so much for your time, for sharing your story, Chris. Thank you too. For being here with us. <laughs> and he's here. I feel I feel him on a tingle on the back of my neck when he's around, and he's certainly here right now. So um I know that this this interview is gonna provide a lot of comfort and insight and hope to so many people, not just parents who have lost children, but also anybody who has lost someone that they love, that 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 they can try to connect. You know, my email is jbmcquillan at gmail.com. Right. If anybody needs to reach out, connect. Go ahead. I'm happy to. I'm happy to respond. And if I can provide a little comfort or a little service, and I know I'm making my son proud. Well, thank you. And I'll put every people who are usual listeners know all of this will be in the show notes on my website, so Perfect. you will be able to find all of it. Joe, thank you so much for your time. Thank today. you, and I will see you in Lincoln uh, Park. We will. We're going to meet. We we made plans that we are going to have coffee one of these days when you're back. I would very much love it. Thank Absolutely. you. Thanks for a great interview. Thanks, Bye. Joe. Bye-bye. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.